Hi, I'm Deanna. And I'm Ben. Welcome to Filmscape, a movie reviewing podcast. Today, we're reviewing the new Marvel film, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. In the supposedly final installment of the series, the team must band together on a grand adventure to save Rocket Raccoon, voiced by Bradley Cooper, after he's targeted by his creator, the mad scientist, the High Revolutionary. Star-Lord, played by Chris Pratt, must also try to connect with a different version of Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana, since the version of her that he fell in love with died in Avengers Infinity War. Spoilers. <laughs> We were gone for quite a while. But no matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. Hello, we come in peace. Ben, what did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy 3? I liked Guardians of the Galaxy 3 a lot. I had some issues with it, but overall, I was fairly impressed. It's easily my favorite Marvel movie in quite a long time. Hmm. It's the longest one of the trilogy. It really goes for the gusto in a lot of ways, which the first two were pretty bombastic and wild and memorable too, but this one really goes for it. As mentioned in the intro, this one's very much focused on Rocket Raccoon. Everything kind of revolves around that. So because of those circumstances and other things i'm not sure i feel that this storyline was really appropriate for the final guardians of the galaxy adventure but it still worked pretty well yes. with all that and it was very enjoyable what did you think of it yes queen like that's how i feel because this movie so it was a great movie but i really don't think that the plot was the most fitting for the last one I think that there was so much focus on the past of Rocket Raccoon. They're trying to save him and just everything that kind of ensues. It's just there's so much, even though it's a great movie and there are moments of like hilarity and humor, there's a lot of sadness in this movie that a lot of people really just didn't expect, myself included, to like start like bawling because there's animal testing, spoilers, that has to do with Rocket Raccoon and how he becomes Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, they go into his past. Yeah. see his past because he's an anthropomorphic raccoon in right. case you haven't seen these movies. I don't know why you're <laughs> listening to this. Yeah, so because of all that, it made a movie that I thought would be maybe another fun adventure with some moments of real emotion make me feel like a big chunk of it was me trying to like not cry because I was so sad about Rocket Raccoon the whole time. Such a big chunk of the movie is just going into the past but not focusing on him in the present. And it's not really until almost the end of the movie where he's really like actively doing stuff because there's so much about the past. I enjoyed it. I really did. Part of me really felt like that I kind of wish that this wasn't the last one. Like I wish that they had gone into his past maybe in like the second film and then maybe switch some of the order of some stuff like of the movies or you know the content because I feel like even though it's in order to make the Guardians of the Galaxy like what the future of them will look like kind of come to fruition through all these events it does feel 
like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like a real good buy until maybe the last like 20 minutes. Yeah, but you've touched on a lot of different things. To go off what you said just now, yes, I thought the kind of the final resolution was really, really good and, and emotionally resonant, but I don't know if it quite fit everything that came before. It was kind of like they had to do all that because this happens to be the last movie in the series. Now, unfortunately, I don't think this could have been anywhere else, though, because of how it wove in with the Avengers yeah. movies, which we'll get into because that's very relevant to Gamora, who is the female lead in the first two Guardians movies. Avengers Infinity War was pretty heavy with Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, which is just one reason why I love that movie. And it takes place after Guardians 2, so that's fairly relevant. And Gamora does die. So there's a, I thought, a very well done element in this movie of Star-Lord trying to connect with this new Gamora who never knew him because in Avengers Endgame, there's time travel and there's some different versions of characters and there's all this stuff. And if you've seen it, you know all this. It's complicated. But this movie basically has to deal with that. And so that part of the story was done very well. Though there were some annoying things about it that I'll get to in a second. But yes, having this movie be so focused on Rocket Raccoon and having these flashbacks to him getting tested. I mean, this is how he becomes a talking, intelligent raccoon. So it is how he's made by this crazy mad scientist who's really good in the movie. And he, he wants to create like this perfect society of beings that are better than humans and other, I guess, planets in the galaxy. And so all that stuff is really strong. I thought the flashbacks were very effective, bordering on manipulative. Yes. And during his interactions with his friends who are also being tested on, you can kind of be like, uh, or I thought, okay, I know where this is going. Mm -hmm. they're, they're really going, really tugging on the heartstrings. And it was really well done and very satisfying with how things end up in the flashbacks as well. Some, you know, revenge. And it, it, it's just so earnest. That's really what's strong about all these movies and what holds this one up, I think, too, is how earnest and how seriously these characters are taken even a sassy talking raccoon because James Gunn loves these characters so much mm -hmm. and he's not afraid to get really to get genuinely emotional in the midst of all this wackiness and he just also comes from like kind of a shock comedy background so he's not afraid to be provocative and crazy basically all these things that the Marvel movies really could use because a lot of Marvel movies are pretty safe and predictable and these guardians movies are different parts of this they're heartstring pulling and interesting and different but then there's other parts of this movie that were really goofy and silly and kind of went too far with that i didn't find it as funny as the first two hmm. and it's not just because a lot of parts are played seriously it just seemed like there wasn't as much attempts at humor which i wish there was because it is it's a fairly long movie yeah some of the characters kind of got a bit annoying to me because, as Deanna said, Rocket Raccoon's not in most of the movie. He's in a coma because he gets attacked at the beginning. That's what incites all this. So he's not around. Gamora is an angry, selfish person, I think even more so than was really warranted. Because yeah. when we meet her in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, she's not quite this bad. Right. I guess she's out for herself. She's dangerous. And she kind of takes her a while to warm up to the team. So she was just very, like, I don't know, just not likable. And 
Nebula too. Nebula really had to step up in this movie, who was always kind of my least favorite of the team. I mean, she's good, but just having so much of her... What I'm trying to say is all these things add up to it doesn't quite feel like a classic Guardians of the Galaxy adventure, which is why it's not wholly satisfying as a final Guardians movie. Right. Yeah, I definitely think that with Gamora that you're correct with that. But I, I also think that's kind of a product of her, of her environment too type of situation, like the nature versus nurture. Because when I say about nurture, I mean that she's now hanging out with like raiders or, or, or you know. And, that's the path she's gone down. Yeah. yeah. So then she, I think that because of that and the environment that she's in, it makes her more selfish because those that's the type of people she's hanging out with. I guess, but... I don't know. It's just a little disappointing to see after I know all the stuff you've seen her do and all the other movies that like it's just a little disappointing that I guess is just as easy for her to go down that path as it was to become the Gamora that came a long way in the other movies. And mm-hmm. part of why that scene is so emotionally impactful in Avengers Infinity War when Thanos sacrifices her, that's like one of the best scenes in one of the best Marvel movies. And it's just done so well and it's so sad. A little bit of a side note, I'm guessing that James Gunn probably did not want that to happen because the Avengers movies are obviously their own thing and those are the big team-up movies where everyone's together. He probably didn't want to make a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 with like a blank slate Gamora. So I wonder if he had to do all that just out of necessity because that's what he's left with because he has to be canon with the Avengers movies. He can't bring back the Gamora that was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So I don't know if he was a little annoyed at that. There is one part that I really liked where... Peter Quill kind of rants and lets loose to another character with Gamora right next to him about how frustrated and like depressed he is about how he has the love of his life with him right now, but she's like this total jerk to him and how frustrated he is. She's not the same. She's not the same. Yeah. She doesn't doesn't remember him. She doesn't care about him. And it almost felt like, I don't know if James Gunn kind of transposed his own thoughts and, and yes. kind of made it into that speech yeah, into i have no idea rant. but it's funny to think about because yeah i don't know it's interesting there's a lot going on in this movie mm-hmm. the one thing that i guess i would want to mention is if you have not seen the holiday special it will give a little bit of context for this third movie because right. if you just go past it because you think oh it's not important it was just on disney plus you might miss some contextual pieces that are brought into the film that they bring to light in the holiday special so i i think that um you should watch that prior to watching this yeah it's cute it's one hour long it's on disney plus it mainly establishes their new headquarters because you don't see that in the other movies right that this movie starts and ends on don't forget where we came from been running our whole lives pete i'm done running i loved the visual effects how they were able to make the characters look the way that they did with just obviously makeup and everything but then you know space and people traveling through space it was just the movie is very visually beautiful but it's just i think that james gunn wanted to focus so much on making a beautiful film that had a lot of complexity emotionally so you really felt invested elaborate crazy settings and things going on it's a total 
sci-fi space adventure like geek fest <laughs> i don't know yeah so that way by the end of it you felt like wow okay this was not only all of that but it was long so then you got kind of your fill oh yeah and that so that way you didn't have to feel like that was too short or i didn't see enough like vistas of space or <laughs> or, or, or just like you know, weird stuff yeah weird things yeah like- the settings and the effects and the set design was all very impressive and not to be too negative but <laughs> i honestly feel like most of the other marvel movies that have come out recently with a couple exceptions have honestly been kind of going downhill certainly with the screenplays but also just visually they just look worse and cheaper but the budgets keep getting higher and higher yes and it is now the norm for a big budget movie like this to be 250 million dollars like that's more or less what they all are now and this is one of the only ones where it actually looks like it was well spent and well everything was designed and implemented like in a really impressive way because that is an insane budget in my opinion i can't believe movies are that expensive and they're all flopping now this one i think eked out a profit but most of these movies are just flopping now i mean spider-man no way home and doctor strange 2 especially spider-man did super well and those were really good movies but other than that a lot of the other ones the scenes I've seen from like Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, it looks like Spy Kids 3. Oh, and that's um, true. this is one of the only recent ones where it really felt like it was an interesting, emotional, well-told story with humor and craziness. And it was just very impressive, even though there were some things I wish were different. I didn't quite love it. Right. I don't love it as much as the first two Guardians movies. Agreed. But it still has a lot of those strengths. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, probably the best Marvel movie in at least a couple years. Yeah. Even when we spoke earlier about, like, emotional complexity, I feel that it's um, one of the things that it kind of differs from maybe the Avengers movies is that the villain, it's more personal in this case. While a lot of the other times, I think with Avengers, a lot of the time it's, like, some random bad guy and... Now they have to defeat them, and they appear out of nowhere, really. And maybe in the solo movies, maybe, I, I would say maybe. Avengers: Infinity War well, probably no, Infinity had War Thanos. Was, I thought Thanos. was one of the best comic book villains ever. Yeah, I mean, very excluding personal. Thanos, but I think that this one it was really personal. I guess specifically, I mean, yes, to one character, but then it, you know, that importance obviously went to the rest of the team because they're so focused on revenge, saving Rocket. This whole Rocket Raccoon storyline and their adventure to save him they basically go from place to place to these crazy planets and locations to basically try and find a chip or something to like wake him up from his coma from where he came from because he was from this laboratory that was by this organization that this high evolutionary guy leads and that's basically the plot it's very simple right it turns into this grand adventure it's big because it's the final movie in a trilogy and there's all that other stuff I feel like this plot is more suited to like it felt like a just a random like Guardians of the Galaxy multi-part comic book storyline. It mm, didn't feel mm-hmm. like a big it certainly didn't feel like the ending to a big trilogy of this team, like the, right. the story. That's why, you know, it's kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 felt like the story. That should have been well, the that's... big ending. It was all about Peter Quill and and every character in that movie had a had a strong story arc. That's why the second Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite of the trilogy. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Everything's right in place. 
This should have been like That's before the last say. one. That's what I was trying to say earlier was that I kind of feel like the plots of certain, you know, some of the Guardians movies should have been mixed up or changed around because I felt that this third movie really should have been the second one and the second one should have been the third one because the ending feels a little bit more finite in like, you know, in the... I, I would have been sad though for that plot to I not know. have the Gamora. That's the... Pro- that's no, why I, I know. said I just wish the, there was the Avengers a way... movies ruin that. No, I know. <laughs> I just wish there was a way to have, you know, kept Gamora and all that stuff. It's complicated, but it's I... It's very complicated. Yeah, yeah, I also think the way that this movie ends is very interesting because it leaves it kind of open-ended even though it's supposed to be the last one relating to guardians i think they're leaving it open because this probably isn't going to be the last guardians i don't think this will be the last one because the way marvel's going they're gonna have to bring out the big guns if their movies keep flopping the way (laughs) a bunch of them have been everyone loves those guardians movies we got to make another one of those bring chris pratt back i mean they did talk about keep the spoiler free there is talks of either a show or a movie centered around star lord Mm -hmm. and what he does going forward given where this movie leaves him and i thought that was a really nice place where they left him in this movie for example yes you'll know that obviously if you've seen it that 30 minute ending really reminds you that this is kind of the final time this team will be together in this way Mm -hmm. and You definitely feel that if you're a fan of these movies and have watched all of them. We'll all fly away together. One last time. Into the forever. That beautiful sky. I think it gets a little better as it goes along there were some aspects of like mm-hmm. the first hour i would say or like i said i got kind of borderline annoyed or i just thought okay this is just like too goofy and dumb these characters and like these michelin man outfits on this <laughs> organic planet or something yeah. it was a neat idea but bordering on kind of dumb there were parts of that whole sequence where i liked and uh like i said every setting every action set piece you feel it's massiveness it feels like it's really in space there's no stupid fakey fake looking video game kind of shoddiness i guess the way some of the other movies seem like they're not using their inflated budgets for so yeah and i'd say in the larger context of comic book movies this is definitely one of the best ones in a while mm-hmm. even though if i didn't i didn't love it quite like i did the first two i'm kind of sad to see the characters like the team as it started not continue to be that like they're not going to continue in that same capacity as a team you know remember they can bring them back i know they can i know they (laughs) they can't right when the movie ended i felt like it was bittersweet that was the the outcome my final emotion was that's bittersweet a lot of sadness but again because the last like 20 minutes or so tries to wrap things up hey at least it made you feel something that's more than can be said for other movies like this right (laughs) yeah but I also think it's because we've been seeing these characters for a long time and oh, yeah. it's obviously a very different movie, like a different emotional theme generally. And again, the amount of levity in the Guardians movies versus like, again, like Avengers movies or things like that. It's very different comparatively. Because it's all basically James Gunn 
who's doing it. So right. it's really like one creative voice. Yes. And I think he's been given a lot of freedom, whereas a lot of the other Marvel movies feel a little more normal and nothing too weird or too bizarre. Mm-hmm. Or the Guardians movies, and I would even say the last two Avengers movies in their own, you know, giant way, they, they feel a little more personal, more... They just stick in your mind a lot more. They're memorable, and it really feels like a lot of care was put into them. Right. Because some of the Marvel, and just superhero stuff in general, can it can get a little too generic, especially when there's saturation of them, like a new show every month. Yeah. And uh, it starts to just feel a little less special. But I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I'm, I'm pretty sure it seems like James Gunn had full creative freedom because mm-hmm. it definitely feels very indulgent. Yes. A little messy at places, really effective and great and very different for like a big comic book movie and in a lot of other ways. You can tell that he's really putting a lot of like, again, his own heart and his self into this film, which is why I think that you then feel by the end of it that bittersweetness that he probably feels as well and why it tugs on the heartstrings so much throughout Definitely. Um, to try to make you feel like the sense of kind of almost... I don't know, like a sense of loss, but still hope at the end. Yeah, it's completely genuine, completely emotionally open, and uh, it's almost too sentimental at times, but overall, it really works and is really effective. And like we mentioned, there's all that groundwork and all that time we've spent watching these characters for like 10 years now, going back to the first uh, Guardians movie. So mm-hmm. all of that's relevant too. all that build up so I'm, I'm glad this movie turned out the way it did i thought it was mostly very successful pretty satisfying and enjoyable if uh you're a guardians fan to kind of see the closure for these characters because these are probably the marvel characters i care most about mm. after endgame after you know more of the main avengers their storylines wrapped up that's why this feels like kind of a closure for me where you know, as far as all these movies and shared universes go mm-hmm. and it's just like all the multiverse stuff they're trying to do that just makes everything feel less meaningful as well and so i'm glad this one is able to kind of pop out among all the others to give these characters a a proper send-off and get get to see them again after a number of years that it's been Mm -hmm. i would definitely recommend it diana yep i would definitely recommend guardians of the galaxy 3 Hi, Film Booze. If you want to contact us with any questions or comments or thoughts on the film, you can reach us at filmscaped at gmail.com. That's F-I-L-M-S-C-A-P-E-D at gmail.com. We have a website called filmscapepodcast.com. We also have an Instagram at filmscapepodcast, which you should definitely follow if you are not already. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice thanks